Too Many Comics, episode 214. Welcome back, Brooks. Good to be here. Is it? Yes. <laughs> what is this, three in a row now? I mean, listen, we, we, we've not quite been on time, but like, I think we have been closer. Like, if, if, I think if we were an, were an employee, we would be 15 minutes late, which is like, oh, okay, well, you, okay, but, but, but not quite. You that's can, what uh, yeah, just keep on sliding by. That's what, that's what mm-hmm. we are. But, but the, the product is good, but could you be a better model to the other employees, please? We're trying. We're trying. I, I do try. Try our very best. Um, so we've got, we're thin on news this week. So we both typically share a lot of news in here mm-hmm. uh, that we want to dig into. Not much in the follow up. I, th- I think some quick items that we could say is I assume that still neither one of us has seen Harley Quinn. No. Um, you know. but, but I, but I will tell you this while I have not seen it, I want to see it. And I, I just, you know, I keep monitoring the box office to be like, it seems to be inching towards the break even because the reality is, from what I've read and heard, it's a good movie. So it's like, the only reason I haven't seen it is because I just, I'm lazy as shit. Mm-hmm. Could I walk, to, could I walk to the movies? Yes, I could. Um, could I even, I'm, I'm even like one of those people, and I, I'm curious if you are. Um, I don't care about going to movies by, my, by myself. Do you? No. It, Cause like, you're not talking to people when you're in the movies. I feel like, like the, the stigma of that is, is gone, but I just keep not doing it. And I want, I really want to see it. I really do. There's even a new, uh, theater close to me that I've anticipating Birds of Prey being the first movie I see in it, but I just have yet to do it. Well, We've stated many a times that we're, we're busy people. W- when's it opening, this movie theater? That's already open. It opened like two weeks ago. How close to you? Mile? Two? Uh, maybe like five or six. But uh, to me, that sounds like a thousand years away. But that's because I've been conditioned to think that being a quarter mile away is like, sorry, never going to see you again. Well, it's so, like a 10-minute drive now instead of a 20-minute drive to a movie theater. God, it's brand so new. It's a brand new Cinemark. So very similar to, I know that you're well aware of Tinseltown here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. the same company, same luxury recliner seats, very spacious. Um I would like to uh, take part in a movie there someday. Do you guys have, I feel it, maybe they've been perhaps coming down there, uh, Alamo theaters, do you have those? No. Do you have the thing where you can order food and they bring it to you? Uh, yeah, one of these places does. I love that shit. I really do. I'm a sucker for it. Um, it's not the world's greatest food, but I just love like get the penciling in my, with a golf pencil, the beer that I want. And yeah. I want this pretzel bun chicken sandwich with french fries that could be average at best but i like i like i like the service i like well, it I and these are what like movie theaters this is maybe a little bit of a tangent but hey we didn't have any news but yeah, this yeah is what movie exactly. theaters need to do to succeed nowadays i mean I, i've said many times all these movies that come out i would pay like extra to just watch it from the comfort of my own homes so i have to sit mm-hmm. through 20 30 yes. minutes of previews uh, right. but at, le- at the very least like we used to go to those to the opening you know, opening night movies, you'd have to get there early, but now they got the theaters where you can, you know, pre-select your seats. You don't have to yes. show up super early. So like, yeah, yeah. And then they bring the food to you. Some of these places have beer now. Like, okay, we're getting there. We're making the experience a little more better. Just trim the fat off the previews and the advertisements before my three hour movie starts. Well, I mean, 
Yes. Plus, do you guys have this down here where when you sit in the chair, they have a, a ball fondler? Do you have that down there? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's way, it's way of the future. <laughs> Does it come up through the seat or what? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually, it's a very soft hand. Okay. And, you know, it's, and I, you know, it's just meant to be like relaxing, not, not even like arousing. It's like, you know. let's move on from this please (laughs) well we could get uh, right into talking some books alright sounds good (laughs) alright so this week uh, the debut review was Deceased Unkillables number one this is the return of DC's blockbuster series that comes back to answer the question what did the villains do when the heroes failed and the world ended spinning out of the dramatic events of 2019's mash hit writer Tom Taylor returns to this dark world with a street level tale of death Heroism and Redemption, led by Red Hood and Deathstroke, DC's hardest villains and anti-heroes fight with no mercy to save the only commodity left on a living planet of the undead, life. Okay. Um, it, here's the thing, like, I really enjoyed DC's, the original run, I thought it was, and I think you did too, like, mm-hmm. where we got to see some iconic characters just get fucked over by this anti-life equation, and it was, you know, it, it ended with with a glimmer of hope, but like not without the wake of a lot of dead popular characters. And then we had the offshoot where it was like, uh, I want to say it was like Mr. Miracle and Big Barda and a few others that were, that was not a part of this main line. And it was like, okay, cool, then we're done. And then this comes out, and I guess to me the the main takeaway is it's villains who have healing factors that can beat this. That's the the main. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. That's basically the, the story here. Yes. But, but with, I, with I, also a little side story of the Red Hood and Jim Gordon and Cassandra Kane is with them. Yeah. 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 So they come across a school children, a school of orphanage, an orphanage, not a school, an orphanage um, that's hunkered down that now they feel like they need to save. I would say there was there was some good. A few things that, that stood out as, as, as decent to me. I, I kind of like the Red Hood storyline because obviously I'm a little, I'm a little more tied into Batman mythos of, you know, Damien still being out there. Um, them just saying like, fuck it. Like, Jim, we don't have to play this game anymore. I'm Jason Todd. This is, this is Cassandra Kane. Like, we're the Red Hood. Like, they take the masks off, kind of reveal themselves to him. Uh, they got the dog pound around with them, you know, I dug the scene where Jason comes across uh, the the dead Joker, and he's upset that it you know wasn't him that got to do it. So then he straps him to the front of the car. Um, but even still, like, yeah, just not um, not as into it as I was the first one. And maybe it's because you know, we briefly talked about this before the show started, but you know, revisiting a book a book that I thought was just going to be like a offshoot. Eight, was it eight issues, six issues, deceased? Like a offshoot story that I really enjoyed. I wasn't expecting to come back to it. So it does, it does kind of have a little feel of me of, Hey, deceased sold really well and people enjoyed it. You know, what sort of angle can we take to sort of tell more? Uh, cause the other storyline with, with death, I don't care much about Deathstroke. Um, a lot of those characters that, that showed up, uh, of the, the people who could heal themselves, like I never heard of some of these people. So I'm just, I'm not real, you know, not real interested up, up front. 
Um, but you know, I, I enjoyed deceased. I could see myself like reading the trade of this when it was done, perhaps, but but not tagging got, along. What we got to see, I would say, like in the, in the, in the opening scene, and forgive me, is is it blood? Is it, there's like death stroke, and they're, they're two different names. They're, they're very two characters that sound very similar. Deathstroke and something, something. Anything on this? Uh, that he's running around with? Yeah, the, who was the opening character? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so when you, and he gets intercepted by the virus, and it's like, he's going down. And he's like, nope, I'm not going down. Like, cause I appreciated that. That was like, okay, that's a twist on the story we have not seen yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to people that are like, that's my favorite character and you're shittling. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so, but like, I've never been a big DC reader really. And I feel like I've got, I've done more and more and more over the last five years. But I feel like I, I feel like I was good with the self-contained story of DC's Dunzo. Mm-hmm. And so to, knowing that that story had a conclusion, that I, I believe meant like we're leaving the planet. What does this mean for a book like this? That is seemingly set, you know, flashback style, you know, a few, a few months ago, years mm-hmm. ago. I don't know. I don't know how fast it's in print, but so, but, but not, not, not uh, unwell told. Just like, what's the point? Yeah. All right. So there's, there's a review I found online that sort of hit dead on with that. Uh, it's all right. It's from a user that just said, I didn't hate this, but deceased was such a good book. Really enjoyed it from the first issue to the last, the artwork, the script, just good zombie fun with superheroes. This follow up felt like a bit of a letdown. There just wasn't the same tense, same sense of tension and excitement, which I think comes from us knowing what's going on and what the event eventual outcome was from the first series. I just don't see where this is going. Oh, well, okay then. <laughs> well, you know, we can keep our eyes out for it and I could still see myself reading it. When it's done, uh, it did get an 8.3 critic rating and an 8.1 user rating. So some people did dig it. Uh, and I could see what, I could see why some people would just pick up and go. Yes. Yeah, yes. For, for certain. If you're a fan of this series in total and you're just a ride or die reader of DC, uh, yeah, I get it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Certainly. Totally. So anyway, uh, next week, what's happening? Next week, we've got, uh, looks like three books that we are going to check out. Uh, we're, we, so we are going to do all three. I, I thought you were going to whittle this down. We're doing all three. Uh, yeah. Why not? Okay. So we've got uh, twenty twenty four works number one of three. This is from Matthew Rosenberg and Juan Ramirez and Carlos E. Gomez. The eruption of a violent robot revolution threatens all manner of biological life, teetering on the precipice of extinction. There's only one man with enough tactical skill, killer instinct, and ruthless leadership to lead the rebellion: War Machine. Join War Machine and his elite paramilitary squad, U.S. Agent Mockingbird and Quake, and the Final Crusade for Humanity's Fate. Uh, so interesting cast of characters. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg doing it. A little three-issue miniseries. I'm down to check that out. Cool. Yeah. And then we've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier, number one of five. This is by Derek Landy, Federico Vincentini, and Dan Mora. This is... An office of dead government agents, a gifted new killer, two ex-Captain Americas. When a dramatic attempt on the life of Bucky Barnes reunites him with Sam Wilson, two old friends are plunged headlong into a race to uncover the new leader of Hydra before a mass casualty event announces the terror group's resurgence to the world. The clock is ticking. So they team up for a pulse-pounding 
Action Spectacular. And a pass party. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think if I were to drop any of them, it probably would have been this one. But with the Falcon Winter Soldier show coming out. That's uh, why I put it in here. Yeah, you know, I definitely want to see sort of what Marvel's pushing between the two. And if it's good, it's a one of five. So, you know, there's potential there to be a good little miniseries, which we always love. Okay, like that. And then lastly, out of DC, this is Leviathan Dawn number one. This is exploding all the pages of Event Leviathan miniseries. This all-new special blasts the DC universe into a dangerous and brave new future. With Leviathan arrived, its leader's identity revealed, and its plans known, what happens next? Now the heroes fight back. Leviathan changed the rules of the game, so now is the time for the biggest players to get together and figure out a new strategy in this brave new world. It's an extra-sized super spy yarn from the Eisner Award-winning team of my Brian, writer Brian Michael Bendis and artist, artist Alex Maleev. Come on, uh, pursuant to my previous comment, I thought we were done with Levi- Levi- Leviathan, but it was so well done. I like it. Yeah, it was, you know, I always enjoyed that one more than Deceased, so I'm more excited to get back into this, but still a little cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, again, there's been so much, you know, there was a lot of hype about Brian Michael Bendis coming over to DC, and, there, and you know, of course, CBR, which I think is mostly listicles now, <laughs> We'll do, like, uh, I saw recently, like, the top ten things Brian Michael Bettis did right, and ten things he fucked up, and, but I enjoyed that as well. Mm-hmm. Just, just, cause I think he's a great writer, but he does not really come out there and made it the best thing ever. Remember his Defenders book before he left Marvel? That was great. Yes! Jesus! <laughs> I, I, if anything I would say, we, we may touch on this later on, I think Jonathan Hickman is doing for the X-Men line what Brian Michael Bennis was hoping to do for DC, but has just, he's just, he's just had these like stops and starts and he's just not really had a real solid push that way. I agree. IMO. I agree. Uh, anyways, elsewhere this week, so we didn't get to a whole bunch, but, uh, some very good ones in here, I, I feel like. Uh, I checked out Runaways number 30. This is the team is still mixed up with Doc Justice, and they are the J team, J squad, uh, whatever the name is, um, in this particular issue. Did you read it? Are you going yeah. to read it? Okay. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, uh, Gert uncovers sort of what the plan is here and, and what's happening. So she's on a race to save her friends. Which is, which is basically to martyr the team. Yes. Um, so. Clearly, you know, to, to be concluded, it said in the next issue. So this, this little run, hopefully of, with Doc Justice, I'm ready for them to be like back and doing something else. Um, but still, you know, fun, quick read. Um, still liking it. You know, still can't believe it's there. Say it every time. Uh, Joker Killer Smile 3. Did you check this one out? Are you muted? Uh, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Repeat the question. Uh, Joker Killer Smile 3. Were you able to get to this one? I definitely did. Okay, this is Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino, and Jordi Belair. Uh, book three of three of Lemire's, uh, little book here for, if you do, if people don't remember it. So this is, um, a doctor spending time with Joker, uh, sort of gets under the spell of Joker, you know, wife and kid leave him, uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and this particular issue, again, coloring is fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. the art is fantastic. I love probably, Every little detail that sort of went into visually putting this book together, 
um was always super fun to read um yeah we get the just to get to anyone that that hasn't finished it yet i don't want to sort of reveal like what the ultimate thing that happens in the end but you know we get batman trying to come save the day of course joker set up um not so much a little trap but just what he always does of you know you can have me or you can go save him um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, figure out what you want to do. I've I've got you in like a little web here, and then just the him getting back to his wife, and then it's sort of as most good Joker stories are. It's a you know, it's a psychological thing. It's you know, is is the goodness in you? Is do you have hope for being able to surpass in any sort of Joker instincts, uh, that sort of stuff? And uh, we're treated at the end that there will be a sort of follow up, at least issue to this. Yeah, uh, yeah, think, yeah. So is it just, it's May, just a one-shot, right? In May, right? Yeah, May 2020, okay. one-shot, Batman the Smile Killer. So, my own, my only complaint, my only complaint is, and, and perhaps if you read this in trade form, which would give you all of 100 pages, mm. is it's too short. Like, we get this build, 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 and this third issue is just like, done. Yep. That That's... But it just, again, like, the concept was great. The art was spectacular. I mean, I would put Andrea Sorrentino way up on my favorite artists of all time at this point. He did, he does incredible spreads. He's a great artist. But it, it just seems like, was your pitch three books or did they give you three books? Because it, it should have been four minimum. Yeah. If not like, not like six. It just, it just, it just went way too fast. Like the reveals. Like the reveals we got in book two should have been reveals in like book five. Yeah. Like, like, like this much time has passed and blah, blah, blah. I wonder whose decision that was. Cause I feel like if, if DC or someone said, Hey, you know, we've got this three issue thing. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's like once this book starts being made, I feel like someone's got to be like, wow, this looks fantastic. Lemire's writing it. Yes. Be like, let's, let's drag this out a little bit. Let's give you guys some breathing room. Yes. Well, you know, sometimes uh, good things come to an end very quickly. But at least there's, uh, I was not anticipating a, a one-shot follow-up, so I'd be interested to see what that's all about. Uh, perhaps where Batman picked up after this, and if he maybe has another run-in with the Joker um, soon thereafter. Um, but yeah, but awesome three three book. Uh, definitely, I think, would read very well in a trade. And I'd be interested to see if they would do a little hardcover out of this, because this might be... Just like the, just the visual, like it, the fucking book looks awesome. Like I, I would love to have a hardcover of this and add to the collection. Well, I mean, I appreciate that because it was fantastic. Yes. It was, uh, it was very good. Uh, very, very good. Those were the only two that I got to. So fill me in on Gideon Falls and New Mutants. All right. So you did not get Gideon Falls, really? No, not yet. So we're making great gains. This is the exact same team we just discussed. And, you know, this is one of those books. That has taken so many turns over 21 issues, and with time jumps, character shifts. What's who's crazy? I don't know. I'm a psychiatrist. Now I'm in on this. Blah blah blah. But uh, I, I. So we had a we had a we we, we concluded the arc of this most recent one, and I still don't know what's going to happen with this book. I hope they have. Some idea. It, it also, it's, it's taking a bit of a break. I think this one also comes back in May. I want to say was the message at the end of this. Where are we going with this? It's, it, but, it, but it's just so beautiful. 
the, the art, and the storytelling has been a bit of a slow play. Great book, gotta say, great book. Mm-hmm. You're, but you're, but you're like way behind on this, aren't you? Uh, no, I had read a few uh, two weeks ago. We sort of mentioned on the show. I'm mean, at this point, I might be on like nineteen. I have to go through my re- my red list. Um, but yeah, by the time it comes back, I'll be caught up. Okay. And again, this is was optioned for a TV show, so uh, you know if you're into that sort of thing of following some books before they become a little more mainstream, you know, definitely worth checking out. Well, there you go. And then I read maybe it's number seven. Um, the thing about this book is, and I yeah, gotta say, in a good way, this most recent issue became super meta, where they were referring to previous issues, and they have pointed out if, if you and you. Don't and you wouldn't and you you never will. The New Mutants book has done this thing where we have a book or two following this storyline exclusively, and in this case they're in outer space. And in this book, we're following a second storyline. It takes place in Kansas or back on Krakoa, the mutant island of uh, Utopia. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but they acknowledge this. They acknowledge like, wait, wait, wait. Is a second New Mutants storyline happening that we're not a part of? Uh, I have a problem with that. And I was like, yeah, as a reader, I have a problem with that. I, I'm tired of this. But, and also, like, the art is spectacular. It's very Mitch Gerard's-esque. I made you look at this a few months ago. Cool. I like it. At, at one point, the New Mutants was, like, actually the best-selling book of the new line. I, I like it. I do. So, you know. At this point, you know, we've included the outer space, uh, storyline, which you know I have issues with outer space stories. It's not my thing. Unless it's Star Wars and I'm all in. Yeah. Well. You don't, you don't care, dude. <laughs> you don't fucking care. That's I fine. I do care. I care all about you. And, <laughs> and your outer spaceness. And, and lack thereof. Yeah. And just enjoying your Star Wars and uh, going on your merry way. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we do have a, a little bit of weekly news that we can at least dive into. Uh, so there hasn't been any more uh, previews for MCU type stuff, but you know some news and casting type stuff continues to trickle that trickle out. Uh, and the word came down that Marvel and Disney were looking for an Allison Brie type to play Jennifer Walters' She-Hulk. Um, to which comic book resources dove in and said, uh, why don't you just get Alison Brie to do it? Uh, considering that she's got, you know, glow going on, um, has sort of made a name for herself and is potentially, you know, at least they were digging in thinking that, you know, this is a role that, you know, would suit her, that she could take on and, and make, uh, you know, make her own. Like some of these other people have like fully blown up. Thoughts on this? I'm down with it. I don't know what other actresses are Alison Brie types. So yeah, just, uh, just get her if that's what you want. I don't, I mean. They clearly have the money oh. to, uh, to make it happen. And what, what, like, just, just give her the job then. Yeah. If that's, if you want, she's, she's actually available if you want an Alison Brie type. And, um, there's been a lot of, because of the Russo brothers, a lot of community people that have made their way into the MCU. So just have those guys make the call and, uh, we'll just make it happen here. I'm with you. Uh, the Walking Dead ratings drop slices into AMC's profits. So this is where I feel like in this thing. I'm sorry. I was so devoted to that show for so long. And it's season 10. 
Good night. Yeah, just, just, just get rid of it. Yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely, like, viewers, have, I'm looking at the millions of viewers through the Wikipedia listings. Y- yes, yes. Uh, so we got started out season one in the fives, then it gets in season two, sixes, season threes in the tens and elevens, season four, twelve, thirteen, season five, opener, seventeen million, most of these in the fourteen, thirteen range, yep. season six, thirteen, twelve. Now it's down to like fucking like three million. Seven, eleven, ten million, eight, and you get down to eight and seven and six million, and then we got five and four, and then yeah. Only the opener of season 10 cracked 4 million and it was get, 4 million on the dot. Get rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. I mean, it alone. 10 seasons is a long time in television these days. Yes. Especially and for something that's just like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I've said this numerous times, but if you like follow the book at all, like clearly this is a book that just like goes on and on seemingly forever. Like, it, 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 as as you know, it ended. Yeah, finally. And what is the did the other did the other show stop? No, still going. I mean, at a, a third. I know it's dumb. <laughs> I, I, I as I know, I do. So like, and, and I don't know. I mean, you, you can spoil it for me. I'm never going to watch this. So like, is it still like most of the original characters? Like, no. It's, good. All right. Yeah. This has got to. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tom Holland praises Sony's plan to transition Spider-Man out of the MCU. So, did you read the story? Uh, poked at it. All right. So, the story is useless because he basically was being like, in, in my mind. Uh, well, if we're not going to continue with the MCU, I'm really cool with how Sony's going to have this very lucrative career for me and they've been making like venom and i have you seen by the way that they've been uh, showing stills of woody harrelson's uh carnage yes thing okay uh, yeah that feels great uh, but the moment that like the mcu is like you're back in last year he was like oh i love it i love it so the point is why is the story <laughs> i'm talking about this only because I, i'm confused as to why this is a story, CBR. Like, yeah, I don't know. Is he like, he must be on like a press thing for something. Um, cause I, I've seen a couple of his interviews recently of him talking about, um, of course with Bob Iger leaving Disney, he had, he had made some call about wanting to get Spidey back in the MCU whenever those talks were going on and, uh, yada, yada, yada. I mean, obviously, like if you're Tom Holland, you want to play Spider-Man for as long as possible. Like this yes. catapulted him into superstardom. On top of it, just probably being super fun to play Spider-Man. I and, would say so. Yeah, and all these all this time hanging out with Robert Downey Jr. and he's got like, yeah, he wants to keep doing this. So if it's going to transition into some Sony movies, great. If it's going to be in the MCU, even better. So <laughs> if I were him, I'd be making every call that I possibly could. Yeah, I'm so with again, you. why is this a story? <laughs> this is obvious, obvious news. So. There you go. All right. Well, that's another good show. Believe well, it or not. I thought it was okay. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. Uh, hit us <laughs> in, <laughs> until then. Uh, hit us up on too many comics.com and, uh, stay tuned for our trio of new books 
that came out today as we're recording, but we will review next week. I've been reading too many comics.